Good morning, beautiful Sunday morning in Rochester. As Weez used to say, Camp Rochacha. I am uh, sitting in my backyard. It is 7 a.m. sharp. Beautiful blue sky over my head. Beautiful little English bulldog sitting by my side. Wife and child inside playing with toys. And I'm drinking coffee, looking out over my garden. Uh, broadcasting live. Not broadcasting live. <laughs> Never mind. Not broadcasting live. Podcasting. The exact opposite of broadcasting live. I am sitting here literally not broadcasting live. I am talking to just my dog and perhaps if I have a neighbor or two watering flowers right now. Um, but I have a great podcast for you today because I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes uh, of business today of uh, the customer is not always right. And sometimes you have to stand up to your customer. And we did that. And I want to tell you the ins and outs of that. Um, and I want to try and do it as professionally as possible. But every once in a while, as you, especially business owners know this, and I feel like most people know this, but the customer is just flat out not always right. And we had a situation here recently. I'd like to explain to you what happened where um, we just had to call out somebody for something. And um, okay, we'll get to that in a moment. I want to give that to you as a tease. That's coming. That is coming. First, a story of me being humbly brought to my knees as a terrible babysitter. Um, so this weekend is Fairport Canal Days, and we are very, very busy. Between my wife, my mother-in-law, having Redbird Market, and then uh, me having a craft cannery booth selling Guglielmo's and salsa juice, and we've got our barbecue sauce and our meat hot sauce and all those other things under our tent, we, we're very busy. And um, we also have a child who needs to be looked after. So we're kind of doing a bunch of rotating right now. And at one point um, yesterday, it was my turn to go watch the kids, okay? And so I leave Fairport Canal Days, and now I have a several-hour shift of being in charge of, of the kids. And there are several kids, and I'm in a house in Fairport, okay? That's all I want to say because I don't want to give away exactly who I'm watching or where I'm staying. And there's a reason for it, I promise, but I just would rather not make it public. If you do see me privately and you're like, what, what is the, the weird thing you're hiding that you don't want people to know? I'll explain. It'll make sense. I'm sorry. I hate to be so mysterious. But it's just a thing, okay? I'm babysitting. I'm at a house in Fairport, and I've got, like, four kids under my watch, okay? It immediately becomes a disaster. First of all, I am very intimidated by the fact that I have to watch four kids. I feel very overwhelmed by this. And I don't know how some people do it, but I'm just, like, in over my head from moment one. The very first thing that happens is my child throws a dog toy behind a couch, Behind this couch, there is a, a sort of a coffee table, and the, the to dog toy has gone behind the couch under the coffee table. So this is about one minute into me babysitting, by the way. This is, this is immediately. This is like my wife. I tap my wife out. She leaves the house. This happens one minute later, and I've got like a four-hour shift of babysitting, okay? So I go to get the dog toy from under this coffee table. But the, the homeowner has this coffee table propped up on, and this is going to sound crazy, but it is what it is. She has this coffee table like propped up on three glass vases. I, I know. it. Trust me. I get that that sounds weird, but it, I'm telling you it was the situation. I don't realize this because who props a coffee table up on three glass vases, but it's got three legs, and they're all sitting on top of a vase, and I don't notice this. I go to nudge the table just a little bit to the side so that I can get to the, the doggy uh, toy, 
and the whole thing comes crashing down. One of the vases shatters. I now have a broken glass situation in front of four small children. One minute into babysitting. (laughs) It's a nightmare. I get this cleaned up. Terrible pain in the butt. I get this cleaned up, and I decide we should not be in the house. We're going outside. We go outside. There's a front yard, a backyard. Immediately, they disperse. Two to the front, two to the back. I'm trying to yell at them, everybody to the front or everybody to the back because I can't watch both at the same time. I need them all at one place. They don't listen. These kids just ignore me. They ignored me for four hours. But they go two to the front, two to the back. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, finally I'm able to wrangle them together. Guys, we have to go to the backyard. I'm starting, it's three minutes into this whole thing, and I'm already starting to be kind of strict. And I'm like, guys, everybody to the back. Finally, everybody gets to the back. They want to swing on the swing set. There's a tree next to the swing set. I start swinging. Again, we are four minutes into this endeavor at this point. I start pushing my son on the swing. And I turn around and I bonk my head on a tree hard. In the moment, seconds after I bonk my head on the tree, I hear the neighbor is showing up. The neighbor goes, hey, Polly, and comes walking over with, with his grandson. Like, hey, can we play? And I am just overwhelmed. I, from this moment on, I am just verklempt and overwhelmed for the rest of the day. We end up you know, surviving the four hours. Nobody gets hurt. Most concerned, by the way, getting hurt was me. I'm the one I'm concerned. I'm like, I'm the one who's going to get hurt here trying to chase these children because they're running from front to back to side to side into the house, out of the house. The dog gets loose. By the way, there's three. Oh, oh, I forgot to tell you this too. Just for fun, there's a three dog situation going on. My dog plus two other little dogs and those two little dogs are the high energy fast kind because my dog's an English bulldog. He's kind of like me. He's fat and lazy. He doesn't want to do anything. But the house where I'm staying has two little dogs that are just little speed demons. They're just anywhere. They, and they, by the way, you let them out of the house, they're also the kind of dog that if they get out of the house, they will book it. They will just take off. Oh, yeah, they got out of the house once. Oh, yeah. At one point, they get out of the house. And luckily, one of the kids I'm watching is older. She's 11. Okay? So there's four kids I'm watching. Three little ones that are like my son's age. They're all like four or five years old. Three, four, and five. And then... There's the one 11-year-old. The 11-year-old's like, I got it. She runs and she catches the dog. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank God for this girl. Fantastic. Later, because these kids are wreaking havoc, they're basically just just running through this house, just unabated by anything. <laughs> so at one point, I'm hearing a dog bark from the outside, and I'm going, that sounds like Oxford. I see my dog is now just out in the yard on his own. <laughs> completely by himself i didn't know he was out there he's not on a leash he's just hanging out thank god again he's like me and he's just lazy and fat and not going anywhere but nonetheless there he is he's just kind of chilling oh my god i didn't even know he was outside (sighs) later these they just start at one point too they just start hitting each other these kids are just whomping on each other Uh, like these kids are literally just uh, at one point they spent an hour hitting each other and then crying because they just got hit just just in in repetitive fashion in a circle one would hit the other one that one would cry then that one would hit the next one who would cry then that one would hit the next one that would cry they just did that for like an hour throwing things everywhere not listening toys being thrown across the room doggy toys being thrown across the room there's expensive vases and like wine bottles around and stuff like decorations and i'm like oh my god My wife gets home, or gets, I shouldn't say home, but she gets to this house to relieve. First of all, my wife got beat by the, the, my mother-in-law was actually the first one 
to get to this house. And when I see her, I'm just like, thank God you're here. I don't know how you do it. Right? Like, I don't know how this, I don't know how anybody else was able to do this because this has been the most stressful four hours of my life. My wife gets home about two minutes after her, gets to this house two minutes after her, and I'm going, I don't, I can't, I, what do I do? I don't know how to do this. This is, this was crazy. This was mayhem. This was madness. I am still stressed out over this. I don't know. I, and at one point they're like, they're hungry and I'm going, I don't think, cause they had told me like, don't feed them. We'll get home and we'll feed them dinner. When my wife and my mother-in-law get there, they're like, we'll feed them dinner. Cause they're afraid again that what I'll feed them is wrong somehow. So they're like, you don't feed them anything. We'll feed them. So it becomes like 6.30 and they're not home yet. And I'm, these kids are like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And I'm going, I don't, I know. I'm, I'm telling them, I'm going, me too, but I don't. Oh, anyway, it was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. I don't, I don't know. I, I actually got feedback later. The 11-year-old, who's fantastic. Again, I love the 11-year-old. But the 11-year-old ended up giving my wife feedback later that I'm too nice. Like I'm not strict enough. I felt like I yelled kind of a lot. I really did, so I don't know how that happened. But anyway, Fairport Canal Days was great, too, I'd like to say. Really good event, really good weather, too. This weekend's perfect weather because it's not too hot. It's beautiful out, but not too hot. We've had some canal days before where it's like 80 degrees, and those are tough, but this has just been beautiful, perfect, blue sky, high 60s, very walkable, you know, just a really, really great weekend. And the experiment of continuing to sell things as craft cannery as opposed to just Guglielmo sauce is, um, is it, it took a good step, I would say, this weekend. We did a kind of a new setup. I'm doing demos again. I tried not doing demos. I had this idea where I wanted to set it up like a store that you would walk into and you would more like experience it and shop it as opposed to just walk up to it and kind of be hit with this barrier, like this wall of sauce, which is what I did for years as Guglielmo sauces. I would just put two tables at the front of my booth and I would build a big display of sauce and then you would walk up and I'd give you a sample and whatnot. This year, what I did was much different. This year, uh, for Lilac Festival, I tried to set it up where you actually walk into the booth and look around and try to choose stuff. And it just didn't go as well. And I couldn't figure out how to do a demo because there was just, like, no room. And so, yeah. So we went back to the original setup, but as Craft Cannery. And... um brought more of our wares so there's a meat sauce and a barbecue sauce now on top of two salsas and then of course all my pasta sauces and that's going to even expand to more i would say by late summer early fall i'd like to see us have at least you know another three or four options of things to to buy at these festivals i really like having a lot of options i think it's a really really cool uh, thing for people to come up and try like seven different things and then you know eventually pick something to buy and bring home and <clears throat> anyway okay while we're on the topic of business i wanted to get to my son's graduate uh, graduation before i got to the customer is not always right story but uh well actually here you know what let me tease the customer is not always right because i think you're going to enjoy that story uh, let me go to my son's graduation. So my son graduated preschool, not really preschool. He kind of graduated like nursery school on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. My son went to 12 Corners Nursery School 
in Brighton, if you know anybody who is looking for a good nursery school, this place was amazing. I, I never really talked about it much because my wife doesn't like when I reveal locations. Like, I've always been a little too easy about being like, oh, yeah, I live here. And, you know, publicly I'll say those things. Uh, she didn't love the idea of me ever saying where my child was all day, so I never really said where he went to preschool. But now that it's over, I'll tell you, he went to 12 Corners Nursery School, which is right next to Brighton High School, right in 12 Corners, and had these two teachers who were just fabulous, just cartoon characters. And I mean that as a compliment. What do you expect out of a preschool teacher? You know, you expect, like... These women, you know, they would be, hello, children, what a beautiful day, good morning, hello, Leo, hello, and welcome to a beautiful Tuesday, and you're going, this is a real thing, this kind of energy is real, there's people like this, I mean, it was just like the most beautiful and loving environment for my son to be in. So for two years, I just loved that. Now, my son is four and a half. If he doesn't hear me give him the half, he will yell at me. But he's four and a half. If he went to uh, kindergarten in the fall, he would be 17, I think, when he graduated from high school. We are going to hold him. So he's actually not going to kindergarten next year. He's going to go to pre-K, five day a week, something or the other. At this point, I can't keep the difference between like preschool, pre-K, nursery school. Like, I don't know what the difference is, but he's going to like pre-K next year, which will make it so that he's 18 when he graduates from high school, which is generally accepted as normal. I don't want to say, you know, if you graduate at 17 or 19 that's fine. I don't want to say there's anything wrong with either one of those things. But 18 is sort of generally normal average age to graduate high school at. Anyway, we made that decision. My mom's a lifelong school teacher. She just said, look, from a maturity standpoint, you know, don't rush into things. Stick with that normal schedule. Get him the extra year of pre-K. He's a great kid. He's a smart kid. Could he use an extra year of maturing? Certainly could guess what? So could I, and I'm 40. So, but graduation was so sweet. It was 10 minutes long, which again, some of the parents there I was talking to, and they're telling me they're going, you know, one day we're going to go to a college graduation. That's going to be an all day affair with six hours of reading names and random speeches. And we're going to remember the days when graduation lasted 10 minutes at nursery school. (laughs) They sang a song. They actually sang two songs. They each got their diplomas. uh, And there was an ice cream truck too which was really cool which was like a little little bonus little surprise for them and it was just the sweetest little hour or two ever and then we went out to lunch and when we went out to lunch there was like another family that had just come from the preschool and it was like such a little it was a thing it was like such a little thing and then in the restaurant like my son and this other little boy who he just graduated with are like playing with each other like from table to table so cute just so cute okay Now let me shift gears and let's talk about the customer is not always right. We had a situation where we had a client who was having a hard time paying their bills. Now, for context, because I I cannot and will not, and I'm not that type of person, I'm not going to tell you who I'm talking about. So I'm going to try and keep this as generic as I can, but I get a little specific at times when I need to. This is a person who runs a successful local restaurant who was not paying their bills. And um, 
it would it would appear that they would be able to afford it but still would stretch it as far as they possibly could. They were also very famous for, because something we do, <clears throat> is if you don't pay your bill by a certain amount of time and your, and your X amount of days past due is, we'll assess a late fee. This person, <clears throat> over the last two or three times that we would make their product, and we probably made this person's product five or six times over the course of a year, year and a half maybe, and uh, this person, the first one or two times paid immediately, which also shows me that they, of course, they can afford to pay for their product. But then the last three or four times, it's always been a four weeks past two, six weeks past two, eight weeks past two. We're basically begging them to pay us by the time they finally do. And they always short us the late fee. So say the bill's for, you know, I, whatever, it, the, the bill, just to make the math, is for $100, uh, $110 with a $10 late fee. They'll pay us $100 and just not pay the late fee. They did that over and over, right? Jerk, right? So uh, we finally decide this person. Oh, and, and one other piece of context is we had some intelligence that the previous plant that this person has, had been producing their sauce at got stiffed on the last order. So the very last time that this person ever made their sauce at a different plant uh, that plant never got paid. Okay. So we kind of have that for context here as well. We, we know that and we can see that we see that, that because this person is stretching their, their money out so far that probably whenever they decide to move on in a different direction, that last payment, we're just never going to see it again, local restaurant, very successful open today. They'll be packed. Good for them. So, like, <laughs> I tell, we finally, we decide, we tell this person, we go, and this person has their product in a lot of local grocery stores, too. We tell this person, we go, we're not producing any more product until you prepay. And they say, absolutely not. I will not prepay. We say, well, you have to prepay because you've shown us that you won't pay for your product on time. Their logic is to us. I will not pay for my product until I have sold all of my product. And then once I've sold all of my product, I will pay you with the money I made from selling my product. In other words, I won't pay you till I get paid. And for, for, and I finally got to say it yesterday in an email. And by the way, this person never acknowledged this point that I made. Because yesterday we went back and forth five or six emails, which ended in us sort of mutually agreeing to just move on from each other. But in this email yesterday, I got to say to, the, to this person, I said, what exactly would happen if I came to your restaurant, ate my meal, and then when it came time to pay my bill, simply said, oh, I can't pay for this yet. I, I haven't been paid. I, I don't get paid until two Fridays from now. I'll pay you once I get paid. But I can't pay you until I get paid. I mean, that doesn't make any sense, does it? How would that go? I'd be arrested. I would be arrested. That's how that would go. So anyway, so there's that, which is kind of BS. On top of that, this particular restaurant owner has uh, let us know that he will not accept price increases. Okay? No price increases. His barbecue sauce cannot go up in price. Now, told you, local popular restaurant, restaurant I eat at probably three, four times a year. Their menu prices have certainly been going up 
over the course of the last uh, uh, couple of years, as have every restaurant's menu prices. It's normal. Inflation has been real. Finally, there's a particular item that I order at this type of restaurant. And I, I do go to this restaurant's competitors sometimes. There's, there's like three in town that I like that serves this kind of food. And the thing that I order from this particular guy's restaurant is $42. At one of his competitors, it's $38. And at the other competitor, it's $36. But yet his barbecue sauce can't be more expensive than his competitors. He just can't let that happen. That's what he tells me. Can't be. Can't be. I'm, I can't be more expensive than my competitors. No, this is an, he says it's inflationary times. People want to keep their spending down. Yet his menu prices are higher than his competitors. So finally... Yesterday, he's, he's all over us kind of saying, like, when are you going to produce my sauce? Uh, the grocery stores need it. And we just told him, we go, we are not wavering off of this prepay thing. And I make him an invoice and I send it to him and I go, you pay this invoice and we will make your sauce. But we're not getting screwed. And, and you and I know, after I've told you everything about this guy is dying to screw us. I mean, this is like, the, the, it couldn't be more written out perfectly that this guy is just dying to screw us. <clears throat> so we go back and forth four or five times yesterday about how he just feels it's unfair to be asked to prepay. And I, I'm just not wavering off of it because I know he's dying to screw us. And also I'm not going down in price. He's also trying to hit me up to say you need to go down in price. So basically this guy wants me to lower my price and be okay with the fact that he's going to pay for it when he gets around to it. In what world would the customer be right in a situation where they think you should lower your price. To, and by the way, my price, you have to take, I guess you have to take my word for this in good faith. He was priced very fairly. The way pricing works in our world is not, it's not rocket science. It's like raw materials plus packaging materials plus labor plus overhead plus margin equals your price. And there was nothing in there in that equation that was inflated in any way beyond what is real it was a fair margin we weren't asking for a margin any higher than we ask anybody else but we also weren't willing to accept a margin lower than we accept for anybody else and if i were to ever accept a lower margin why would i accept a lower margin from somebody who has blatantly told me they will not pay me until until you know they will not pay me on time i am expected to work as a bank for this person i'm expected to go out and buy all of those raw materials all of those raw materials by the way who which i have to buy and i don't get to tell my vendors that i pay them when i feel like it or when i sell the product that i've just bought i don't get to say that you know the 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 um the vinegar that we use in this person's product i don't get to tell the vinegar company hey you know what i'll pay for the vinegar once i've sold all the vinegar i don't get to do that so this guy's asking me to be his bank. So we finally just said no. We put our foot down and said no. We will not make anything else. So, you know, it, it, it pains me, but this person is product is going to disappear from shelves sooner than later. And uh, how bad do I feel? Ask me how bad I feel. Well, here's the truth. I feel terrible. I do. I feel bad. I wish I was you know, more ruthless to where I didn't care. I care. This bothers me. I lose sleep over it. I think about it all weekend long. I hate to see that go away. I even offered solutions. Listen to the solution I offered this guy. I said, look, there might be a workaround here. 
since you just refuse to pay on time and we refuse to put ourselves in a position where we are going to loan because a, a day of running his product could be a lot of money. I refuse to put ourselves in a position where we're going to run thousands of dollars worth of product and then just kind of sit here and hope we get paid for it eventually. I'm not going to put our, my, my employees in that position. So I feel terribly guilty about that. But at the same time, we can't do that. It's just not the responsible situation. And so in this situation, the customer is not always right. But I even offered a workaround. I even said, listen, what if we sell your product directly to the stores? So again, just to make the math right here, let's say we run $100 worth of your product. Now, we will go and sell it to the stores at, at your wholesale price, which means we're going to actually go sell that product for you for $150. Then we will write you a check. So now instead of you paying us, we'll pay you $50, the difference, right? The amount we sold it for versus what we actually would charge you for it. So we've run you $100 worth of product. We're not charging you for it. We're charging the stores $150 for that product. They will now charge the public $200 for that product. You get where I'm going with this math, right? <clears throat> Cost, wholesale, retail. And then we'll pay you the 100 By the way, do you hear my son just screaming, mommy, mommy, mommy in the background? This is a bad habit we're in right now where he will say mommy or daddy over and over and over till he gets an answer. And I'm not exaggerating 20, 30 times. So hopefully that's not being picked up by the microphone. He's calling for his mommy though, not his daddy. I'm not ignoring him right now. <laughs> so anyway, I even offer this solution. I go, we'll charge the stores directly and then we will pay you the difference. Nope, not interested in that. Which is to me the telltale, telltale sign that this guy was... Back to what I said at the beginning, dying to screw us. Had every intention of eventually screwing us. Because why wouldn't you take that deal? Think about what I've just offered. I've just offered to do the work for you. Because I do think this is a pretty good brand here locally and that this product will sell and has pretty valuable shelf space out there. Think about that deal. We will do the work for you. You just sit back and collect a check. That's all you have to do. And this guy still said no, which made me realize that this is not a good faith negotiation. And so when then it came up of maybe this just isn't going to work out, I had to go ahead and face the music that this just isn't going to work out because this person is not interested in negotiating with us in good faith. And I have every reason to believe because he's done it before and he's starting to show the signs of doing it here that he will absolutely screw us if he gets the chance. So I'd be interested to hear from you. Was the customer right? Should I have bent? Or do you think we did the right thing by telling our customer that they were wrong? All right? I'd be interested to hear your opinion. Okay. I'm off to Fairport Canal Days. Uh, well, in a little bit. I love you. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.